Jones, Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller for the next two hours talking sports with you. BMW of Des Moines Gessler shapes up like this. We will recap uh, the championship performance, the clinching game last night as the Nuggets win their first championship in uh, uh, franchise history. Maybe first of, who knows, certainly are built to... Uh, be going nowhere for the, uh, the foreseeable future. So we will uh, talk to our buddy Kyle Irving from the Sporting News. We'll recap that. He also will switch gears and put on his draft hat going forward now as he covers the NBA draft for uh, the Sporting News. Well, obviously, Chris Murray will come up at some point during our conversation with Kyle Irving that starts at 11.30. 12.05, Nate Bolton's going to join us. He's an employment attorney. He's also state senator, uh, but uh, more so for the sake of our discussion today, an employment attorney covers NIL. He's involved uh, with the Drake NIL, or the Drake Collective. Uh, so we'll talk to Nate about some of what some of the states are doing to really uh, seemingly put up an impenetrable wall around their state should the NCAA want to get involved and want to change things. And state legislators are doing their best to uh, wall off uh, any NCAA um getting an involvement, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it. So Nate Bolton will join us at 12.05. And then Vinny Iyer, who covers the NFL for the Sporting News, he'll join us. We'll do a little NFL conversation with our friend Vinny Iyer, three-time Jeopardy! champion, uh, 12.25 before Trent's Plays of the Day, which Circus Sports sponsor. And then there was one winter sports still ticking. And that could end tonight in Las Vegas uh, with the Panthers and the Golden Knights. But last night it was all about those Denver Nuggets. Um Good for them. Good for the fan base. I get Stan Kroenke. He's got a lot of titles, teams he owns, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, I, I guess a feat as an owner. He's got the cash to write the check. Doesn't know how to use a microphone. Doesn't. He struggles mightily, Trent. I mean, he <laughs> is as socially awkward as I've ever seen. Yes. I mean, for a guy that has that much money that you would think is in the spotlight a time or two, oh my God, it's painful to listen to him. Uh, it was also painful for residents of St. Louis and St. Louis Rams fans uh-huh. as they had their team plucked up from underneath them and off to Los Angeles. Now it's a better move, business move, get it. Uh, but still doesn't lessen the blow if you're a resident of St. Louis or a fan of those Rams. It was a championship that kind of left a lot to be desired. It really did, didn't it? It was. We didn't get full Jimmy Butler. Going back. Why we, not? Is there that injury? We, I, yeah. You go back to what happened in the Knicks series, the game that he ended up sitting out. Mm-hmm. He did, yep. And he just wasn't the same guy. Certainly not the guy that we saw in the Milwaukee series, which was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Had some moments in Boston, clearly. Right. But just not the level yep. that he definitely can be. The consistency that we were getting early on. And you know, you could say, well, that's kind of Jimmy Butler. That's what you get. He's yeah. not the prototypical scorer. This is not a guy that's going to be consistently getting you 27, 28 points a game. Mm-hmm. He's not that guy. But he looked limited. I think it's fair to say that, and it won't be surprised. Oh, yeah, I had to get something cleaned up, or mm-hmm. he's going to be off his feet for the next six weeks, something like that, because you could tell it just he was not the same guy that we saw back in all the way back in April when this <laughs> thing began yeah. two months ago when it comes to a conclusion last night. But the Nuggets, they are a team that has not only put together three really, really good years, well, four years, even going back to the bubble and what they were able to do and get into the conference finals that year, but 
look at the future of this organization and the guys that are already set up, they're not going anywhere. I don't think so. Feel bad for Monty Morris. Yeah. Do, do. We, we mentioned that a little bit before as this playoff kind of began mm-hmm. and saw what it was. Guy that, that was there. Mm-hmm. It was an important cog to yep. what they did. Yep. But now off in Washington. Yeah. Get the out money. Out of sight, out of mind in Washington. Yeah. I mean, oof. did you watch a Wizards game this year? Of course not. No. I don't think I've watched a Wizards game since Jordan was there. <laughs> and I'm not even sure I watched too many of those. They had a game seven a couple of years back with uh, yeah. what, Bradley Beal and yeah, John Wall. Yeah, yeah, those two. You're right. That's uh, Wall that wins game point. six. He's standing on top of the table, doesn't show up for game seven. <laughs> right. I forgot about that. John Wall. But uh, it's just it's just one of those franchises, right? So if you feel bad for Monty Morrison. Good for Ryan Bowen, though. It was good. Yeah, he'll get a ring and be part mm-hmm. of that parade. Nice to see that. Uh, Aaron Gordon was phenomenal. Now, he didn't score with a damn last night, but he did other things uh, and had a pretty good series. Uh, Jokic, he finally... How how long did we go in that game last night before he finally took a shot? Yeah. But he didn't need to. He's doing other things like he always does, right? And um, he's, he's just a different level type of player. You know, not athletic. Nope. His footwork is incredible, though. Yeah, and his between the years is even oh, yeah. is even uh, superior to his footwork. A couple of those dives to the rim where he's going up against a good defender in Bam, a little undersized, mm-hmm. but a good defender, mm-hmm. and his ability to just get those shots off when he's either going up to the glass and banking it in or fading away, that footwork and that's what separates him. Is yes, he is not a great athlete. He, nope. I don't know if he can get over a phone book jumping, but <laughs> he absolutely is a guy that understands angles as well as anybody, understands the game as good as anybody, and on and on and on. Those little things, and, and the footwork are a big part of it. They they show the replay, and just to play, it was in the fourth quarter, as he's going up to the rim and just laid it in, and Bam's right there. And to get that shot off with a guy that can't get off the ground and doing it against an athletic guy, mm-hmm. it's just those kind of things that you can't teach. Those are things that are just innate. And he has them at a level we haven't seen from a big guy nope. in a long time. What did they? What did Denver do to Adebayo uh, in the second half? He had 18 points in the first 24 minutes and two mm-hmm. uh, coming home. Yeah, I had the over 20 and a half. <laughs> did you? Ooh. In my same game parlay last you night. You had to feel home free with that box being checked. Yeah. I, 18, if, all he needs is three? Now, I, I missed another leg, so I ended up missing two legs. But if it was just oh, that, that one. stung. Oh, that would have left a mark. Absolutely. That's how the NBA uh, season comes to a close uh, with that uh, one. Uh, uh. Yeah, There was one other leg. It was somebody that, I think it was uh, Brown didn't hit a three-pointer. That was the other leg that I had. Kansas Brown? No, the other Brown. Uh, Kansas Brown wins the natty and then follows that up with a, an NBA title. But, uh, whew, good He's got him. one year left on his original deal for like $3 million next year. Mm-hmm. If he takes another step, and I think he will, he takes another step... What kind of contract does a guy mm. like that get? He's going to get paid, though. Yeah, to an extent. I mean, not not uh, not max by But seven, eight, ten yes. million dollars a year, I mean, something look, like that? Look at the NBA. They're, they're, they have to spend their money, and it's not a deep bench. Can he be Austin Reeves? Yeah, okay. All right. That's something good. like that? That's good. Might be better because Brown was good in college. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> or maybe that's unfair to read. I just don't remember him being good at Oklahoma. He was fine. He was, was okay. Those games, when Iowa State would play Oklahoma, we'd be talking, previewing the game, yeah. and it'd be, yeah. and they got Reeves, and, da, 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 and yeah. you'd name it. He wasn't so, we had a scout for Austin yeah. Reeves. Yep. And here he is, nope. a star in the NBA. Nope. Prone better have a plan for Reeves tonight. <laughs> right.
Absolutely not. <laughs> no, that wasn't the case. But uh, so the basketball comes to an end, and and it kind of you said it right. It, it I'm left wanting more. Mm-hmm. I'm left wanting more. I don't know if I don't know if it was the franchises because look, the Heat have been there in the past, and Spolster is. He's one of the top coaches that have ever, you know, patrolled the sideline, I think. Um, he's really, really good. But, boy, it just seemed – maybe this was the people that thought, oh, nobody's going to watch because mm-hmm. there's no – maybe they're going to get somewhat proven right because I do feel – it was good. It was entertaining. But but those first numbers, and you were away last week, so well, I don't I know didn't, if you I saw didn't them. see them. Were they bad? The game one. Yeah. Year before, we had Warrior Celtics. Yeah. I mean – yeah, pretty big. <laughs> and I think it was 10.9 million for game 1. Okay. This year's game 1 was like 10.7 million. Oh, so not bad. It was just a slight downtick. And I was thinking this is going to be 15-20% right, down. Right. Was not the case and I saw I think the first two games. I don't remember seeing three or four what they were, but last night it was another mm-hmm. compelling game. Mm-hmm. Standalone on a Monday night, I'm sure they're probably going to have a good number again. How much do you think betting has made a difference to television numbers? It's a great question. They certainly did when you know when they fantasy football came into the NFL, mm-hmm. um, and betting on games like that and having that little number beside it. I, I'm guessing that probably it certainly hasn't hurt. No, not at all. I, yeah, I'd love to be able to equate it to something, right. but I just I don't know what the formula would be to do so. Probably pretty difficult, right? Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Already filling out one of those Nielsen books, and then on top of it, are you watching this game because you're gambling yeah, on it? Right. I don't think you're. Do you get a Nielsen get book? I had. Have you years ago? Did it you? was a Tara and I. Well, we still weren't even married. We were Do you get a buck with it? Is that the, something used yeah. to come with a dollar yeah. in the envelope? Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and I remembered I was terrible at it. I didn't get another one because I filled it out. I think it was two months that I had one, and then I'd forget, and then it'd be Sunday night. Crap! I got to send this in tomorrow. And what was I watching last night? Right, the then you're going through. All right. We watched Jeopardy. I watched this game. Mm-hmm. What the hell was I watching? Oh, I was working Tuesday. Yeah, I, I was not very good at filling those things you out. You and Tara are wheel watchers, aren't you? Oh, no, no, no. Jeopardy Jeopardy watch. watchers, no, okay. Not wheel watchers. All right, I knew you watched one. Together. I saw Sajak is hanging it up, oh, though. What a career. Wow. Are you a wheel watcher? No, God, no. <laughs> I didn't know if that was part part no, of your evening no, routine. No, no, no. 6.30, here comes the wheel. No, is that when it's on? I didn't I, even know it was I on. I think so. I mean, they've been on for a long time, yes. so good for them. For uh, Reminds me of my grandparents' place. Does it? They always had it on, yep. Yeah. And they had a little, little TV in the kitchen. Yeah. And if we'd be eating dinner about you know 6 o'clock, news would be on right yep. afterwards, Wheel of Fortune. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, when did you get to, when did you get Central Iowa? What year? When uh, did you 2006, get to, okay, 2007. So, um, in the, when would it have been? In the mid-90s, when I lived in West Des Moines, I found a little joint called Corso's Pizza. Corso's Pizza? Lee Corso? No, Joe Corso. Joe Corso. And it was phenomenal. Yeah. And speaking of the little TV, it was right on, uh, oh God, what's the what's the main drag? Grand. Uh, it's right, it was right on Grand. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what was it. Maxie's is there. Okay, yeah. In that, kind of in that area, I yeah. think. But Across the street from Maxie's? No, on the same side of the on street. On the same side of the street. Okay, well, there's certainly nothing like no, that there. No, there's not there. It's not there anymore. Corso's Pizza. It was really, really good. But they had one of those little TVs, yeah. and, and Joe Corso and his wife were, I don't know, 70s or 80s mm-hmm. at the time, and he still had the white apron on. I think they were old. Um, 
but always you know, everyone seems old when you're younger. Yeah, they do. Uh, but Cindy and I would go in and eat, and, and that would always be on. Yeah. In the back, anyways, that's my only. <laughs> that's that's your store. connection. But to Corso's Pizza. If you're a West Des Moines, West Des Moines longtime res, uh-huh. I'm guessing you remember that because that was kind of an institution. I think it was really? so good. Where was it? It was right. I think there was a Dolls across the street. Yeah, yeah. And now is that an antique joint? It is. Yeah. And they also you can like rent the space there because they have a huge area when it used to be a grocery store. Okay, like for for weddings and stuff. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's on the back. I've never been to a wedding there, but yeah, I've seen the signage for mm-hmm. it and things like that. Ah, oh, what a blast from the past. Yeah. Huh? But it's good pizza. I can taste it. Very good. Really? Yep, really good. Anyways, uh, enough about that. Enough about the NBA. It is on mothballs for the year. But we're going to talk more about it with Kyle Lowry coming up. And then we'll get into a little bit on the uh, upcoming NBA draft. Mm -hmm. We do have another game tonight that could bring the winter sports curtain down. Do we? Well, you've been telling us... Now, don't listen to me about hockey. I'm completely out of touch when it comes to puck. For three months. Yeah. That the East was going to win it. For sure. I was confident. That the East... Home free, Trent. So I had a Dallas Stars ticket. Of mm-hmm. course, I had to have a wild ticket on there. Yep. I even grabbed a couple bucks on your Jets. I was just loading up, and that has not worked out very well for no, me. Me neither. What about this Vegas team? Because they got I off to a good start, no. right? Um, season-wise? Yeah. They missed the playoffs last year. They were okay. Then they... They manipulated the salary cap, is what they did, and they're not the first to do it. And I'm not, and I'm not uh, pointing fingers at them. Um, Tampa Bay Lightning have done it a bunch of times, but um, their their captain Mark Stone was a big, big ticket. Got hurt, and if you keep him out of the lineup till the end of the year, he can come back in, and it, there's no salary cap in the playoffs. I guess is where I'm going, but it's more than that. They're just, I don't know. There's just something about this team. There's something about this team, the way that they play. They've got a bunch of castoffs. That's how the team was built. They've done very well free agency wise. Um, they're a good team, and I just refuse to believe that this team was going to uh, advance as far as they have. I, I liked a whole bunch of teams before I got to before I would have got to the Las Vegas Golden Knights. And and sure, I'm bitter. I, I am bitter. Yeah, uh, that this team is. You know, been to two Stanley Cup finals, and they've only been around for the crying out loud for five years, and here they are um, in their in their second Cup final. Let's get uh, Rick in here. Rick, welcome to the program. How are you? Hi, Ken. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Good. Um, I remember I used to go into Corso's a lot because they did have really good pizza. Yeah, remember, it's kind of like an old house. It was, yeah. It Almost. wasn't very big, was it? Yeah. No, it's like an old house. I think it's between ninth and tenth, or tenth and eleventh. But, but it was close to Dolls, right? Wasn't it kind of across yep. the street from Dolls? That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, and about a block or maybe two from uh, Maxie. Yep, so, yep. That's um, yeah. That was great pizza. Oh, I was a big fan. Now he obviously he's gone, right? Him and his wife have to be yep. gone. Um, and yes, did they try exactly. to make a go of it after they passed, or do do, do you know? I, no, I don't remember. I just remember Joe was gone, and then they were gone. Yeah. So I don't think anybody tried. So yeah, but good. they had a good following too. They really did. I was, I was, I was a big fan. I was a weekly, uh, a weekly attendee. Rick, thanks for the memories. Appreciate you calling yep. in. Thank you. Yeah, I was going to call about something last week, but for you. <laughs> uh, you, you uh, all right, thanks, Rick. Appreciate it. Yeah, have a good day. Yeah, you do the same. Uh, good to hear from Rick. I'm looking at the area. I'm just now trying to envision. So I remember there was a big tree, and it was kind of right on a turn. Uh-huh. Um, 
Yeah, it was kind of right across the street from there. And and Rick's hundred percent right. It was like in an old house. And if you had to use if you had to use the bathroom, uh-huh. it was sloped. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the, yep, yep. The floor was sloped, uh-huh. and you could only it was one person in and out. Yep. Um, there was a urinal, and I don't know. Anyways, oh man, I, I love those memories. I mean, oh, stories funny. like that in old places, and you know, my parents. I've told you before, they ran a tavern in mm-hmm. a little town of forty that I grew up in, and. Just those kind of memories and those little places and well, it's, I I took Kale. Mikhail was a young kid, so this was I met Cindy in ninety five, and we went there right around you know from from the get go. Um, that was one of our stops, and I, whatever why I remember this, I don't I'm not sure, but I remember that always the the bar would come to a stop at whatever time Wheel of Fortune was on because the clientele. <laughs> wanted to watch Wheel of Fortune, uh, of uh, of all things. Uh, Joel, welcome to the program. Joel, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing fine. Hey, just calling about George Joe Corso's speech, obviously, a West Des Moines alum. Yeah. Uh, from West Des Moines. He actually went to Valley. It was on, like you guys were talking about, it was right past 9th Street. It was in a little old house. I actually went there. Uh, I'll never forget this. I went there for pizza one night after a uh, Little League baseball game at Holiday Park. Yeah. Uh, get done. I bought one of those little finger skateboards, and I lost it down in between the booth. <laughs> yeah. Like two days later, place was bulldozed to the ground. Oh. He was no longer there, but he was actually a Valley alum. He was like an Olympic wrestler. Was he really? Was, yeah, yeah Mike. You guys got to look up Joe Corso. He's, he's one heck of a, a Valley alum. So he, he had a picture on the Wall of Fame out there at uh, – Right outside Valley, uh, the basketball gym. So. Isn't that something? I didn't know that. I, I know yeah. the pizza was awesome. That's that's the one Great thing I remember. Pizza. Oh, boy, for sure. Joel, thanks for listening. I appreciate you calling in. Yep. Thanks. Thank you. Mike just called in with the same thing. Yeah. Uh, an Olymp- uh, uh, an yeah. Olympic wrestler? Yeah. Joe Corso, 2019 Iowa Wrestling Hall of Fame inductee. Uh, let's see. Running through with Valley. Uh, let's see, one 112-pound championship as a senior at 107 pounds. So I'm going to guess he was probably, this was probably in the 50s he was a senior in high school? 60s? No, he's way older than I am. Let's see, state champion, his senior year was 1971. What? So would this be the... No, this... This be, it had to be the son, right? This had to be the kid. Right, the kid, yeah. And dad ran it. Yeah, because my I graduated from high school in 77? What year? <laughs> and he was way older than I was. Okay, so, so yeah. This must have been junior. This would be the son, This yeah. had to be the kid. Interesting. Yeah, looking at this. And, you know, when you say that, and he mentioned the uh, last caller there, the picture up at Valley. Yeah, I've, I've seen this picture walking yeah. through the halls plenty of times before. And Had to be pops. Look at these connections, huh? How about that? I like living in West Des Moines. It was, I was only there for... We'll, we'll have you back if you want to come back. No, I'm good. I know you want to move west, no, so I there you go. No, 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 no. That's my wife that wants oh, to move oh, west. Oh, I want to stay right here. <laughs> right here in Ankeny. You love Ankeny. I love Iowa. I you, love Iowa. It's a great place. It's a wonderful place. You're very fortunate, Iowans. You really you, are. Still like the seasons? No. <laughs> three. Well, you don't get three seasons anymore. That's the word. Right. I mean, there used to be four seasons, right? We don't get the. It seems we go from winter, maybe a couple of days of spring, and then wham, it, it's summer. Um, but I just love this state. I really do. I don't know what it is. Because uh, when I came here in 1989, I was here for a cup of coffee, and I was getting the hell out of here. I was going to Louisville because I was going to call the Kentucky Derby. That was my goal. And I'm confident I would have been able to do it. But there's just something about this place that just gets to you. 
At least it has to me. I'm, I'm look at. I know I'm painting with a pretty wide brush, uh, but for um, but for me, there's something just it's special. It really is. I love it. It's it's kind of slow. It's, it's big. It's got everything you want, but it's not a big city feel. At least that's how I see it. Anyway. It's it's great. Now we got more. We got Jeff on the line. He's got more memories of, of Corsos and the second iteration of it. We'll see if this jogs your memory, Ken. Hi, Joe. Hey, Jeff, what's happening? <clears throat> hey, uh, just hearing this, um, I bought my house brand new uh, back in uh, 90. Anyway, uh, they reopened the restaurant at 100th and Douglas. It's now Central State Bank, but they <laughs> called it Little Joe's. He really? did the, He ran it. Dad would meet you at the door and uh, greet you and seat you. And I don't know what was better, the food or the company with the dad, because he would stay there until you got your drinks. And then he'd always come around and make sure everything was exactly right. The pizza is what it was known for. Yep. And they outgrew the space. So then they moved it to the new strip mall just behind it and continued. Uh, they sold it. The new people couldn't float it the way the Corsos did. And uh, it eventually, yeah, went from there. Little, I, I know that because yep. Little Joe was the wrestler that's what i figured yep yep but dad dad would greet you at the door one of the nicest people i think i could say i ever met and that's if the food didn't bring you there it was the hospitality (laughs) of the family awesome and the place there was times where you'd uh you'd have to stand inside the little uh the little foyer crammed in with other people to see who was going to give up and leave before (laughs) you could get seated it was uh, it was worth the wait though it really was good stuff thank you jeff i appreciate the call Always enjoy listening. Thank you. Appreciate that, too. Uh, let's talk to this Jeff. He wants to, I'm guessing, talk basketball. He's not a pizza guy. He's not a restaurant He's guy. He's too young. Indian. Jeff don't remember Corsos. Do you, Jeff? I, I do not remember Corsos, but I'm actually a really big pizza guy. But that was it was a little <laughs> bit before my time, probably. So, um, First thing, I kind of just want to get your perspective, or if you heard you know, yesterday about uh, the leakage of the PGA and Live. Uh, that article that got leaked yesterday um, about the live is actually going to be, I guess, if, you know, if I read that article correctly, still around for next year. Now things can change, but what a colossal blender this is in. Still, I mean, right now where we're standing at June 13th, um, I don't know where this is going to go. And you got the U.S. Open flying around this week. You know, they're going to be asking a ton of questions. Um, first of all, what, what do you think the perspective right now of golf as it stands today? You know, I kind of don't get too deep into the weeds with, with the two factions. I like to turn on the TV and be entertained. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we get the guys back. Right. With, with the business side of things. I feel here, Jeff, my whole, my, my biggest takeaway from it all was last week when it, when it happened. Um, A, I wished I was here to talk about it because it would have killed a lot of segments. Um, but B, I felt bad for Rory McElroy because, you know, he stood his ground, right? And he was the kind of the, uh, the spokesperson, if you will, for the PGA and what it stood for and why he's going to remain here. And these guys are, you know, they're jumping ship, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I felt bad for him. I kind of felt that they kind of not threw him under the bus, but um, kind of, I, I felt bad for Roy McIlroy. That was my biggest takeaway. I agree. But after watching, I think all three of us watched last Sunday, PJ is doing just fine. Yeah, it was they great. Have, it was they, great. They have they have young staples. I mean, you hear Trent talk about Victor Hovland. 
you like, you know, Tony Finau. They have staples of guys now. Is that is that, you know, moving the needle like a Brooks Kepka and a DJ who's getting older? Maybe not. But, you know, I understand the business side of it. They're they're losing money like a fizz, you know, trying to go through, you know, the court and yada yada yada. But do we really need those guys on tour when you look at the the horses that the PJ has to you know to date? I don't think so. But now we got the US open going and you know, I can't wait till we, you know, talk about golfing in the next couple of days. But let's get to the finals. And it's really, you know, great for Denver. You guys forgot about staying at Coach Malone, especially when Coach Malone challenged them in game two mm-hmm. about their toughness and everybody was jumping off the handles. I know Trent talked about it. You know, is that is that something a coach should do? Should he just call him by name? Something you should do you know, publicly publicly. But look what happened since he did that. And Coach Malone has been pushing all the right buttons yep. all season long. You know, we were talking about it before the playoffs started. Nobody thought Denver had a chance. We all thought the bottom of the Western Conference, the Lakers, Golden State, the Clippers, mm-hmm. were going to come out. Suns. You know, again, yep. the Suns, my mistake. Um, you know, and we talk about the free agency landscape of it, and that's another conversation for another day, and you guys touched on it. You know, Denver is, is set up. You know, the way they structured Porter's deal uh, when he was hurt uh, during COVID was unbelievable. They got Murray locked up. Mm-hmm. Um, the Joker thing, uh, before I let you go, I think they talked about this on Dan Patrick. If, if you could find the clip, Trent, if you're busy, it's all good. They talked about the parade in Denver, and Joker's like, what parade? Yeah, right. He has no idea. <laughs> he wants to go home. He's like, what, what? Yeah. He's like, what day is it? He's like, oh. And you could hear him, you know, signs like, oh, I want to go home. That is, I mean, that's, that's him in a T. Mm-hmm. He did his work, and he said that he did his work. He just wants to go home to his family. Forget about his brand. Forget about making a a jillion, a jillion dollars, and he makes millions. He just wants to go home to his family. How refreshing in two thousand, you know, where we are in life. Forget about the brand, LeBron James, Steph Curry making sixty million dollars plus, and all the you know stuff that they do. Joker just goes to work, played water polo uh, before he played basketball, and he just wants to go home to his family. I think we could all. You know how refreshing. You ready? Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. That is. And his barn full of horses. Because he, he's, he's, he's into the horses. Hey, Jeff, what, what, will, will we not hear from you now until November again? Are you, are no, you... no, we'll, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll be back before the uh, okay. U.S. Don't, we got to talk golf here. All right. There you go. All right. All right, Jeff. Got to let you go. Good to hear from you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's over. He's a different kind of guy. He no really kids. is. He wants to go home. Let's go home, um, harness up his horses, and drive him around the track. And his goober brothers. I just, They're a big, that's a big family. Do you see the size of his brother? They're the same size he is. Just chuck him below it up in the air. That was fun to watch. Malone's a good coach. I mean, I don't yeah. know if it was him that uh, that uh, came up with, 
because Bam had eighteen in the first in the first twenty four minutes and two. <laughs> I don't remind you. You need twenty one. Twenty and a half. Twenty and a half. Good God, that's a bad one. I'm glad that you lost another leg. Right. Yeah. That would have been brutal. All right. We will talk more basketball uh, with Kyle Lowry. We'll. Uh, Don Kyle Eisen, Irving. Kyle Irving. We didn't call him Lowry. He's a player. Yeah. We um, we didn't get him. No. He's he's probably on a plane. What do you think they went home last night? Probably. Yeah. He's pretty good place to go home too, huh? Is it that's it for Lowry? Is he finished? Because he's, what, 37, 36? Yeah. He's old. And he's looked at at times. At times. He did have a few spurts, but not like he used to. Anyways, we'll take our time out. Kyle Irving from the Sporting News is next. Uh, as we take you until 1. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.0. Group Office. Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. A little more on the NBA championship. We'll preview the NBA draft. At least a couple of uh, questions with our friend Kyle Irving from the Sporting News. That's momentarily. 12.05, Nate Bolton is going to be here. We'll delve inside NIL as some of the uh, states around the country are really starting to strengthen their fortresses as far as not letting uh, the NCAA within its boundaries uh, states like Texas, they want the Longhorns and all of the other schools that reside there uh, to have a little bit of an edge and keep that NIL f- money flowing to the student-athletes. Don't want the NCAA involved, so the politicians have got involved uh, to try and prevent that. So we'll talk that about Nate Bolton. He's also a part of the Drake Collective, see how they're doing. I'll tell you what, DeVries is doing a heck of a job. Yes, he is. He has rebuilt that roster very quickly. They lost a lot to, to graduation uh, this past year, but he's done a nice job. Let's get Kyle Irving in here. Oh, and then Vinny Iyer, uh, another sporting news writer. We're really um, taking the sporting news guys and, and trying to elevate their content here, and we're certainly grateful for their participation. Kyle Trent Ken, as always, thank you uh, for coming on. Well, it was a good game. At least we could go, we could say that. It wasn't like a blowout where there was uh, it wasn't, you know, you got to the end of the third quarter and you were just trying to get through the final 12 minutes before the confetti fell. Uh, at least it was a, a decent game, but look, no one, you're going to, you won't find anyone to say that the wrong, that the uh, wrong team, uh, had the, uh, got the trophy. That's not the case. This is one of the most, you know, kind of consensus conclusions to a season that we've had in a long time. I mean, even last year when the Warriors won the finals, I feel like there were people that could argue that Steph got hard, got hot at the right time and their experience kind of pulled through. But this year, I, you know, I don't think there's any argument uh, that the Denver Nuggets were the best team in the NBA. We saw that all finals. I mean, there was really, even in the game that they lost, it never really felt like they were out of control in that game. Like, they, they were really in control the entire series. Uh, they showed they had way too much firepower when they won in game four uh, with, with, you know, guys like Aaron Gordon and Bruce Brown stepping up. Um, and then again, last night, I mean, we had a good game all the way to the final buzzer. Like you said, Jimmy Butler really never, like, he, he flipped that switch a little bit uh, at the end there, but it was a little too late. And the Nuggets just proved that, you know, they, they had more talent. They were deeper and Jokic and Jamal Murray is too much to handle. In order to get into the big picture stuff, looking to the future, we don't know what's going to happen, but this team looks well positioned to have quite the run here in the next four or five years. But this championship alone, standalone 2023, 16-4 in the playoffs, never went to a Game 7, a sweep of the Lakers in the conference finals, Mm -hmm. two gentlemen sweep over Miami and Minnesota, and the longest was a six-gamer against the Suns. How is this team going to be remembered? How are we going to think back and not knowing what the future holds, how we'll remember the 2023 Nuggets? 
I think we just will remember them as the most well-rounded team in the NBA. I mean, the fact that, you know, everybody can almost consensually come to a conclusion that they were the best team in the league, yeah. uh, that doesn't happen every year. I mean, it really almost feels like it hasn't happened since, you know, the, the Kevin Durant and Steph Curry uh, Warriors days where they were just rolling through everybody. So, you know, I mean, they're a team that played team basketball. It really was next man up or, or you know, best player available. It didn't matter if it was Jokic, who obviously is going to get his numbers every night. But, you know, even over the last couple of games, Jamal Murray didn't have his best scoring nights, and other guys picked up the slack. Uh, you know, Michael Porter Jr., who had been terrible the entire finals, finally got into a little bit of a, of a rhythm last night. You have someone like Aaron Gordon, who is a top-five pick and at one point was believed that he could be, you know, the go-to guy, number-one player uh, for a franchise. I mean, he even led those Magic, team, Magic teams to the playoffs in consecutive years, but he was willing to sacrifice his role and become more of a defensive-minded player and then step up where he was needed as a scorer. Guys like KCP, he's won two championships now. Bruce Brown was awesome for them throughout the entire postseason. Even someone like Christian Brown, mm -hmm. a rookie, playing that many minutes in the NBA Finals and actually making an impact, it just goes to show how talented this team was, how well-crafted they were around their two stars, uh, the patience that they had to stick with Jamal Murray through his you know, ACL injury. Uh, just you know, shout-out to their organization and the franchise as a whole, their front office because this really was just a perfectly crafted team around superstar center Nicole Jokic. really wasn't yet. It seems like, um, and I was speaking uh, from my perspective, and I, and I think a lot of national media, we were kind of late to the Nuggets playoff party, right? We thought they'd beat the Timberwolves, but uh-uh. I mean, come on. They're not, he's not getting by Durant and Booker <laughs> and company. And then, well, here comes uh, Davis and LeBron and dot, dot, dot. I'll take the Lakers in this one. I would love to go back and see how the – you know, the the national media, uh, yourself included, um, you know, picked these series because, yes, they were the one seed, but they weren't that one seed that everybody embraced right from the get-go, like, oh, okay, here's the best team in the West. It'll be a shock if they don't come out of the West. You know what I mean? It seemed like we were late to embrace this Nuggets team for whatever reason. No, absolutely, myself included. I mean, I was on here telling you that I thought the Suns were going to be the, the team that comes out of the West uh, when they got matched up with the Lakers. At that point, you can kind of see that they were really, you know, kind of emerging as I mean, they didn't really face much turmoil up until that point. They, they'd kind of rolled through uh, their first two series. But even then, I was still like, you can't count out LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Um, so I, myself included, I would put myself, you know, in the pile with everybody else that was late to the party because even though they, you know, at the end emerged as the best team in the NBA, I think that a lot of people, uh, you know, had their reserves about him. Nicole Jokic is the two-time MVP, but both years in his MVP seasons, he came up short of the conference finals even, uh, you know, he'd only been to the conference finals one time in his career. And that was in the NBA bubble where, you know, people have different thoughts about how that season played out and, and what that title weighs and everything like that. So, you know, I think it, it, a lot of it was on the shoulders of can Nikola Jokic actually do this? And I don't think that there's many people at the end of this finals that would have much of an argument that he's the best player in the world right now. So, mm -hmm. you know, yes, you know, people were late to the party. I think that it took a little bit for, uh, you know, just the general, public to realize how good this team was again myself included but you know after you watch Nikola Jokic the way that he was the entire playoffs first player in NBA history to lead the entire postseason in total points rebounds and assists I mean this guy was doing something historic every single night and at the end of the day he was just undeniable the heat going forward there's a lot of talk already in fact you've got an article out there right now at the sporting news talking about Getting a running mate to go along with Jimmy Butler, going out and getting Dame Lillard, going out and getting Bradley Beal, a guy like that, even a Trey Young. 
Do you think that's something that makes sense? Or with the hero injury, hey, let's just run this back here. We'll pick up a couple of our unrestricted guys and go that route. What's more likely? They make a big trade or they go out there and say, we're a different team if we have hero out here for this full playoffs. I would say just, you know, knowing Pat Riley's history, I would be shocked if they, if it's not, you know, the former where they just go out and try and take a big swing because, you know, Jimmy Butler's getting older, but he's obviously still in his prime. Uh, Bam Adebayo was incredible in the series. I think obviously Tyler Harrell would have helped, you know, that, that's a team that struggled offensively when they weren't just lights out from three point range. And they obviously missed a 20 point per game score. But I still think that last year when he won six man of the year, that's kind of the role that he would really thrive in. Um, they kind of have an interesting opportunity here because Gabe Vincent and Max Struess are both free agents. They'll be able to re-sign both of them. Uh, but the big trick will be trying to move off of Kyle Lowry's contract because uh, he's making almost, I think, it's $36 million. To turn that into, you know, whether it's one big salary player that can fill that role or multiple players to kind of fill out that roster. But I would think that the Heat are going to try and take a big swing and go after one of the players that you just named, whether it's Beal, whether it's Lillard, whether it's someone like Trey Young, who had, you know, kind of reportedly been available mm-hmm. during the home stretch of the season here, someone to just pair with Jimmy Butler to give him, you know, take the lighten the offensive load on nights where he doesn't have it going, and you know, kind of just give them another option to fall back on that isn't, you know, whether it's their sick man or Bam at a bio. So the Heat have never been afraid to make moves in the past, and it would shock me if they didn't make some sort of big swing here in the offseason, knowing how close they are. Thirty-six million. He's thirty-seven years old. Be thirty-eight next season. Uh, I, I didn't realize he was making that much cash. Uh, before we uh, we switch gears to the uh, to the draft, I, I've been asked to ask somebody that uh, covers the NBA about Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of buzz that the Timberwolves look. They, they, nobody to blame but themselves, right, for the predicament that they're in. Just one of the worst trades, I think, in the history of sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it'll go down as that. With they don't have uh, all those draft picks for years, uh, but uh, certainly Cat would be worth something. Do you think that there's a possibility that the Timberwolves put him or make him available this off season? I absolutely do. Um, I think, you know, you and I had talked about, talked about this on here once the Timberwolves were eliminated from the playoffs. But, you know, obviously, Cat is extremely talented. He's so skilled. Um, but it's just going to be easier to move him than someone like Rudy Gobert because Gobert's trade value just isn't really there. And Cat is someone that teams, you know, competing teams, uh, contending teams would be interested in. You know, he's still that modern-day center that can step outside, knock down the three. He's had, you know, some really high moments in his career. He's also had some really low moments in his career. But I still think, just in general, his trade value is pretty high. I mean, he's only 28 years old. Uh, He still has some of his best basketball ahead of him. Uh, He's someone that I think that, you know, I don't know if a team like Miami, like a team that's that close would go out and get him. But I think, you know, some of those teams that are in the in-between, uh, that, you know, feel like they're right on the fringe of being a contender can really use Carl Anthony Towns. And that's an opportunity for the Timberwolves to go out and get players or, or assets, kind of recoup the assets that they had given up to get Gobert um, and, you know, start to restructure that franchise around Anthony Edwards, which to me is the right decision. So, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is someone that will command a lot of interest. I'd be shocked if he's not made available in trade rumors this summer and just seeing what the, the Timberwolves can test the market and see who they could potentially get in return and really start to restructure that franchise around Ant-Man. All right. We uh, go over to the NBA draft. You got your newest updated mock up right now at Sporting News. Let me guess who's number one. Uh, <laughs> you only get one, and yes, Victor Wembignan. Let's start right there. When you watch him, and I know you've watched a ton of tape and you're continuing to dive into him, what do you see? I mean, what makes him such... Unique. 
a star that people think is as can't miss as we've had in a long time? I just think that he is so talented on the perimeter for someone that is, you know, he's reportedly seven foot five now. He grew another inch, what? which is just ridiculous Jesus. to think about. I mean, he, he can legitimately be like small forward in the NBA. He plays almost like a mm-hmm. Kevin Durant style, but he can also protect the rim like a rim protector. His handle is incredible. Um, you know, we haven't really seen the passing flashes yet, but I do think the potential is there once he gets that handle down. Um, I mean, we haven't seen a first, a real first-time All-Star since Yao Ming in 2003. Uh, Blake Griffin was a first-time All-Star in 2011, but he had sat out a year after, you know, um, sitting out his first rookie season due to injury. I think Victor Wembanyama could contend for that first-year All-Star spot. Uh, I think he's the type of player who could actually elevate the Spurs into that playing range now that, you know, the top 10 teams make the playoffs. I just think he's that special. I mean, right now he's playing in the French League Finals. His team that he's playing on has never even came close to reaching the finals. Uh, they're competing against a team that was one of the top teams in EuroLeague. He just won MVP, Defensive Player mm. of the Year, Best Young Player, the Blocks title and the Scoring title in this French League. And that's one of the best leagues in the world. That's not the NBA. So to be able to compete at that level uh, at this age, it's something that we've really only seen from someone like Luka Doncic. And, you know, obviously that track record, track record shows pretty good so far. So he really is everything that people hype him up to be. Where did Doncic go in the draft? Was he fifth overall? Third? Fifth? Where did he go? Third. It was him and Trey, right, were traded for each other? Yeah, Luca and Trey ended up getting traded for each other on draft night. Uh, Trey was taking third, and Luca was taking fifth. And they got just a, That was just a bizarre scenario where, you know, the Suns had the first overall pick. They actually uh, hired Luca's um, international coach and then went in a different direction. To pick the <laughs> so that's one of the most mind-boggling moves wow. in recent memory. But, yeah. It's uh, unbelievable. All right, Chris Murray. Uh, what what what's the buzz around Chris Murray? I'm actually a huge fan of Chris Murray, and funny enough, I have him in my mock draft, landing to Sacramento to play with his twin <laughs> brother. And you know, it, it almost feels like it's too good to be true, but that's really his range right mm-hmm. there. And the, and the Kings could actually use another Keegan Murray type player. You know, a, a floor stretching four who can defend multiple positions. You know, they just they just snapped the longest active drought among the four uh, pro U.S. sports to make the playoffs, and they do not want to take a step backwards at this point. So I think they're going to look to draft someone that's a little bit older, someone that can kind of contribute to a rotation right away. Um, you know, it's kind of a shoe-in to put Chris Murray right there to play alongside his brother Keegan. But the fact that he actually fits a need for the Kings, that's the type of – those are, or he's the type of player that I actually think that Sacramento is going to target that pick. So don't be surprised if the Twins team up over there. Seeing at the top of your draft, overtime elite guys that are out there, of course, with G League Knight, you got Scoot Henderson. Are those, whatever you want to call them, those new G League teams for guys that don't want to go to college, do you think that they're gaining more traction? I think that the G League Ignite certainly is. Um, I mean, the fact that they're, you know, this past season was the first year that the G League Ignite were actually fully a part of the G League season, playing a full schedule. Uh, competing, you know, had the opportunity to compete for a championship, although it's a, it's a team full of prospects. So, you know, they came up well short of that goal. But, you know, I think that's a league that's really starting to gain traction. And, and the talent they brought in on next year's team is absolutely incredible. They have a ton of players that are going to be, you know, flirting with the lottery in next year's draft. Um, but, you know, the overtime elite league is really tough to evaluate because Eamon and Osar Thompson are both incredible talents. They're freak athletes. But they're also playing mostly against other high school kids. Like a lot of those guys, uh, you know, they can stay there for a year or two. They can leave their college eligibility open. There's a lot of moving parts. So the talent level just isn't there. I mean, those guys won back-to-back championships and, and fairly easily in that league. So it's really tough to evaluate prospects mm-hmm. that are playing in the overtime elite. But, you know, as far as the G League Unite goes, I think that's a league that 
you know, scouts and, and, you know, kind of front offices can really count on the Ignite to relay the right information, uh, you know, work ethic, um, things like, you know, practicing the right way, watching film, everything like that, and, and being able to make a good pick and a good evaluation based on G League Ignite. If Scoot Henderson's name was Sam, <laughs> I, he's a 6-2-2 guard. I, I understand he's explosive. Is he going to, can he develop into a point guard? And um, I just think more so than anything, I've had the opportunity to sit down with him one-on-one and have some conversations with him and his work ethic and just, you know, his desire, his will to be one of the best players in the league. Like, I just think that will trump anything else. He's, he's an explosive athlete. He's a knockdown mid-range shooter. He's really grown as a playmaker and a floor general and a leader over the two years with the G League night. I'm, I'm really a firm believer that he's the second best prospect in this draft class and the type of player that would go number one in most drafts that don't have, you know, a seven foot five small forward at the top of the board. Um, he really is a tremendous talent. He's an, un, he's, you know, an incredible person, has an unbelievable work ethic. And I do think that, you know, he's going to end up being an all star, all NBA caliber point guard. Kyle, uh, thank you so much for what you did for us during the NBA playoffs. We will impose on you. Uh, the draft is, what, a week from Thursday, correct? I think next Thursday uh, night, so uh, perhaps uh, the, the day of we can, uh, if your calendar will allow, uh, we'll impose on you. Thank you again, Kyle, for what you do for us. Sporting News is where you can read all of his stuff. He has uh, transitioned over to draft coverage uh, now that the uh, season has come to an end. Kyle, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And you guys, you know, you guys know anytime, anytime you need me, I got you. All right, appreciate, it, buddy. Take care. Good to hear from Thanks. you, Kyle Irving, uh, from the Sporting News. As we uh, dot eyes, cross T's on the championship. Scoot makes me nervous. What is it about Scoot that's got your attention? I think people just like the name. He, he is super. So you explosive. think if he was Scott, right? Scott Henderson. Scott Henderson, but it's is Scoot. Top ten, maybe around. Eighth pick. He shot twenty one percent on threes. He's six two. He's got a six nine wingspan. He is an explosive athlete. He is fun to watch, like the yeah. highlight tape. Yeah. And Kyle's just talking about his mid range mid range game. Nobody does a mid range game in the NBA anymore. But Jimmy Butler is about the only guy. I just. I'm not there. I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna put my stamp on. Scoot, you, so you'll be betting the NBA draft. Will no, you? no, 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 no. He'll still go two or three. Just that. He's a guy I'm not going to buy a lot of stock in. All right. I'll probably win an MVP in three or four years. <laughs> we'll see. We'll uh, come back, finish out the hour. Uh, Miller and Condon, it's Des Moines Sports Station, 1060. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Final couple of minutes. First hour of the program, Nate Bolton, employment employment attorney and a state senator, but for the sake of our conversation, the former, mm-hmm. as we will talk uh, NIL with Nate. He's also part of the Drake Collective. Uh, I want to talk about something that I didn't think we would be uh, uh, having this discussion at all during the MLB season. Okay. And that is the Oakland A's, <laughs> who are now the hottest team in baseball, having won their last six, including a win last night over the Tampa Bay Ray Sports. Yeah. I mean, it's just incredible, right? It's just, uh, who, saw, who would have seen this coming? I didn't look at the attendance last night. Uh, I wonder, did, I mean, how many people filed through the turnstiles at Oakland Alameda Coliseum? I'm going to say 11,000? Lower. Yeah. Seven? Lower. Oh, God. Six? Lower. Come on. 4,848 people paid attendance. Less than 5,000 people. To see Major League Baseball's hottest team. 
two and a half hours, mm. two thirty-one. And uh, the money line on that one, the buyback was a nice three to one. I saw if you would have put a hundred dollars on the A's mm-hmm. and, and rolled it over on the six games. It was either it was sixty three or eighty three thousand dollars. You would have been in front at this point. I'd take that. Yeah, I mean, who would have done it though, right? <laughs> right, exactly. You, you would have, if you would have hit maybe a couple of them. You would have, you know, well, that's enough. <laughs> I had the Brewers either Friday or Saturday minus one and a half. Of course, didn't even win the game, but there were uh, plenty of people. And uh, cousin Sal, he's on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Does a lot of gambling content now uh, on his podcast. He said. Just kept betting the Brewers over the weekend, last Friday, mm. last Saturday. Mm-hmm. The old gambler's fallacy. Yeah. Well, it's going to... Vet- right. That story that Chris Andrews has told us from the South Point, of the guys with all the Texas oil I money. I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That were down there. <laughs> this is probably early 80s. And they just kept betting on the Twins when the Twins were mm-hmm. awful. Mm-hmm. And day after day, and after two weeks, after they kept losing games, they didn't show up again. Might have been somebody that turned into a president. Clubbed. Um, what, what, what's the latest on the Oakland uh, Las Vegas? Is it cooling to you in your mind? So they got past the legislative sle- session in Nevada, and the weird thing about Nevada is it's not that they're going to come back next no, year. No, it's two years. It's, it's a two years. Two years. Yep. How about talk about a good no, gig no, that is? I, I remember that from uh, when have to I ask Nate Bolton there. if he's going to try to push for that here in the state of Iowa. Yeah, they, they meet every two years, so if they don't get it done, and uh-huh. uh, it's, it, it's a long slog. So it's a done deal. Are they? Well, there's special sessions that they can still have. I mean, there's still an opportunity for this to come together, but it's not the slam dunk we certainly felt it it's, was just a couple weeks back. Yeah, I mean, they, they, the, the people that um, that own the Tropicana, they let their employees know that you're going to be laid off. Right. I mean, they went that far. So they thought it was fait accompli. I don't know. It's uh, a major league ballpark on the strip. Mm-hmm. Right on the strip. Right on the strip. Not like behind it, like uh, the T-Mobile is, and then across I-15 uh, where Allegiant Stadium is. I drove right beside that a couple of times last week when I was there. It's, Allegiant is really cool. Yeah, it is. It's it a good-looking place. It is a good-looking facility. Um, and, of course, going to host a Super Bowl. What a, what a couple of months, right? <laughs> and they're not happy about it. A lot no, of places. A lot of places are, are more pissed off that the Formula One is coming in November. That thing's going to be... If you're planning on going out there in November, good Oof. luck to you. Well, even even if you're going out there this summer, I mean, the strip is... It, it, one half of the strip is closed as far as the traffic goes. It's a disaster. Hour 2, next, Miller & Condon, 106.3 KXNO.